I'm speechless. You never told me you had a harmonica. I saved it for this exact moment. Oh my god! I brought a harmonica today, but I was to no one's excitement. (laughs) I'm sure somebody's probably excited out there. I don't think anyone's ever excited when a harmonica is broken out, unless that harmonica is immediately played with impeccable prowess at the Grand Ole Opry. Yes, like if unless you're Billy Joel. Or um, mm-hmm. the piano man, yeah. Himself. Or what's his face rolling, you know, just like a Rolling Stone or whatever. I always forget his name, Bob Dylan. Yes, don't come for us. There's, <laughs> you will, but speaking not. of coming for speaking us, for let's just kick us. it off this week. I feel like we've made it. Why is that, Brett? We received our very first hate mail, and it was so thorough, extremely thorough. So to the person who hates the living shit out of our podcast and also out of sci-fi the three body problem and fiction fiction anything woo woo all we can say is thank thank you for the listen (laughs) we so appreciate you no truly also i do want to say apologies have to go out on my part okay to our super fan george yes I'm so sorry. I said your name incorrectly as Jordy, and that's not your name. And so I'm fixing that yes, now on the record. Totally. Thank I you, knew George. it wasn't your name, and I let Brett mispronounce it for some reason. Allie allowed me to be Boo Boo the Fool. Boo Boo the Fool. I, I said, I think it has to do with I still fear correcting men on some level. It's just like, mm, can't tell a man how to cook, and you can't tell a man how to, you know, use power tools, and you can't tell a man how to pronounce someone else's name. <laughs> How to pronounce a Serbian spelling. Unless you're recording a podcast. That's right. And I, I'm sorry. I Always should have corrected you. There's no need to apologize. I Always stand corrected. Forgiven. I should have corrected you. Because last week you asked, wait, who's Boo Boo the Fool? And I said, Pan Han. Now it's just me. Hi. Right. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Uh, Well, I had therapy to process the hate mail we received. Uh-huh. And um, no, I feel like I'm on the other side of it. So that feels good. Yeah. I just want to say, I feel like if, I don't want to give anyone who sends hate mail like any sort of more reason to. Yeah. Or like any, you know how they say, like, just ignore the bullies mm-hmm. because that'll they'll stop. But I just I feel compelled to say I feel like I've said this in previous episodes. I don't know what I'm talking about. We're not scientists. Uh, we are not. This is literally in the comedy genre mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. and Spotify. Like, this is not... We never pretended to be Neil deGrasse Tyson. No. Everything we, is as we understand it. Totally. So, so if take you, everything with a grain of Malden salt. Yes. A beautiful, pyramidic grain of Maldon salt. Sorry. Was that me coming out as a coastal elite? <laughs> I don't know. If you're not from the coast and you know what Maldon salt is, email us. Just let us know. There's more. There's higher salts than Maldon. I mean, oh yeah, not in my book. And I love the structure of it, the molecular structure of it. Of salt or of Maldon? Of Maldon. Oh, yeah. Being those little perfect pyramids. Oh, my God. It's so uh, special. On. But my friend apparently went to a salt store and they were like, do you know a lot about salt? He's like, well, I really like Maldon. And they were like... They laughed him out? They laughed him out. Oh, my God. They were like, please, you freaking noob. Maldon. Wow. Um, it's a finishing salt in case someone is like what is maldon yeah it's a great finishing song but yeah 
going back to just me saying we're not experts, we're not experts in science. And I'm also not an expert in explaining anything. But more importantly, if you don't like it, stop listening. And really all we're ever doing are relaying the theories of other people. So if you have a problem with any of the theories that we talk about, take it up with them. Totally. And like, sorry that I'm interested in like fringe science and woo woo shit. Like, sorry that Joe Dispenza's, you know, meditations and approach to the mind incorporates his understanding of biology and physics just because it's not your understanding of biology and physics i mean it just honestly that hate mail was from a hardcore materialist Mm -hmm. and i honestly just feel bad if you're out there and you're just i mean and I'm, i'm here to entertain all sides i just know the side that works for me is one that doesn't completely ignore other potential avenues for information that isn't just fucking cold hard molecular macro i mean we said it we said it several weeks ago in our opinion some of the best science happens in the space of i don't know so now what yeah exactly so if anybody hadn't picked up on it by now radar peak is a first of its kind podcast we're the meeting point of pop culture science sci-fi fringe theory and book review with immersive sound design and if you're not here for any of that you can go listen to fucking star talk because it exists and they're great <laughs> it's and so we good. love them also we love it it's just not who we are and you know the other thing mm. that really grinds my ears and another and thing. another thing they didn't even leave a real email address or a real name no they made a burner and i would have loved to have had them on the fucking pod i know can you because imagine if you know so much about what we clearly don't know anything about share it with us share it with us come on here and tell us how we're wrong mm-hmm. i would love to have that happen and you know what you won't because you're a coward hiding behind a burner email like truly but thank you for the stream i know drug dealers who are more brazen than you <laughs> you know like come on speed dial baby speed dial anyways if you're gonna hate mail us at least leave a real email so that we can have you on the show it's all i ask i'm open to criticism In fact, I really I invite it. I would love to talk to like some hard no scientist who's like, here's where you're wrong. But yeah. I can't do that if I can't contact you. Something that I was talking about today on the podcast that I was featured on, if you guys are interested in. That's go, out now. Go listen to This Is Rad. I did a guest appearance on their podcast talking about the three body problem. And they made some really great a g- really great point. And that was they were saying like three body problem, even though they hadn't read it, I told them about it, and they were like, What good sci-fi does, especially these days introduces you to like a real scientific theory Mm -hmm. or conundrum enough to the point that you understand okay this is real this is this is complicated and then they go into like character and story and you use that like you use that to build out like your plot to build out what happens to these characters and to see how like society reacts which is fiction which is the fiction aspect of it and i think that's part of why the book is such a runaway success so i mean but i'm honored that the person thought we are so powerful yeah that like we're actually endangering the minds of the mass public by the institution of science by spreading misinformation reprehensible ally it's just (laughs) did he use the word reprehensible that's why i said we should make t-shirts that say reprehensible it's like i'm i really don't think we're imparting any sort of dangerous information and you know 
and I'm just in a world where people are still denying the existence of the COVID-19 pandemic. Look at your choices. Look at your life. We're not doing that. Nobody's going to die because of this podcast. But I do love all your fan theories. So keep them coming. Yes, true. Aside from all of that, what have you been up to? Anything fun? I'm so glad you asked. Any more parties with Brad Pitt? Not Brad Pitt. Oh my God. Totally forgot about him. No, I was not invited back to that house. (laughs) yet but permanently banned we'll see i also saw megan how was that i'm excited about it i want to love it movie of the year oh great i tweeted i said megan is the best movie of the year and none of our parents will understand why sick because we were talking about this like comedy used to be funny lines and now if you just like write funny lines you're not actually striking at what is comedy today which is far more subtle the format has fully changed it is a combination of like irony and subtlety and what's the word like false earnestness mm-hmm. in a way. or like earnestness presented earnestly but but consumed ironically right and megan just fucking smashes it out of the park and i hate to say it because now everyone's gonna steal it but i'm being megan for halloween i might be megan for halloween everyone's gonna be it's gonna just be like a room of megan's the other day i was talking to your mom no yes no melanie thank no! you so much are you kidding me and i was gonna say i obviously haven't been to a movie theater since the start of the pandemic but in a way i feel like i have seen the new avatar movie oh my god no i'm sorry (laughs) melanie thank you so much i'm sorry the direct, she... me- the direct message went like this. Notification. And I open it. And I'm like, oh my God. Hi, Allie's mom. And she says. On Instagram. I think you need this. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, no. you would be correct. I absolutely need that. No. So guys. I mean, is... your Halloween costumes are legendary. You went one year as like the poker playing dogs from the painting. Like, That's true. Legendary. That is true. But now I feel like I've seen Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Just because you have seen my 2009 Halloween costume. How much body paint did that costume take? Okay, well, first of all, I was wearing a spandex bodysuit. Oh, unclockable. Okay. It is unclockable because what you're seeing in this picture is all paint. Because it, it. it was spaghetti strap. But Got it. yes, yes, I was Avatar for Halloween in 2009. And... Ali the Navi. It was on... It's pretty good, right? It's a good costume. Like, a lot of Avatar costumes, they're not good. Even, like, the face filters on, like, Instagram and TikTok are not great. They're, like, really phoned in. But, like, like, I got the contacts. I was gonna say, you're wearing contacts for crying out loud. I got fucking custom... Not custom. Costume. Mm -hmm. Costume contacts. And, yeah, but you really have to think, honestly for this costume and for dogs playing poker mm-hmm. all of my best costumes were because of my old friend alexa she loves halloween and to this day i still follow her on instagram mm-hmm. she still goes all out for halloween so Amazing. give it up to alexa and also to my mom for fucking sharing honestly this truly year. melanie thank I you i love that she's like secretly so DMing you. can we post this Yes, please. So this will be on our Twitter page. If you want to see what I'm talking about, it's really a great costume. Thank you. Down to the braid. In honor of the new... But so I was going to see the new Avatar. Well, only because my friend didn't want to see Megan. She was like, I don't like scary movies. I was like, all right, I guess I would see The Way of Water. But then my other friend goes, oh, no, no, no. I cannot possibly sit through three-hour movies. (laughs) Honestly, though, like, respect. You know? So it was really... I was like, well, ladies, we've reached an, an impasse then because... One of you is going to have to see a movie you don't want to see. Or one of you is going home. 
I wasn't going to pay for that when Megan had come out the day before. And Megan is right there. Right there. It was well worth, well worth the effort. So now you've seen Megan and I've seen Avatar. Um, I wanted to let you know, I don't know if you've seen it in the news or not, but as of this week, there's an extremely rare comet that is going to be visible in the night sky. I heard that. When? This week? Yeah, as of this week, it should be visible. Do you know the last time this comet passed Wait, Earth? Let me guess. If it's more than 2,000 years ago, I'm bugging. I'm going to quote Julia Louis-Dreyfus in Veep. It's either surprisingly little or surprisingly a lot. It's probably surprisingly a lot, right? Okay, greater or less than 2,000 years ago? Greater. Oh my God. This comet hasn't passed us since... The last ice age. No. Yes. Okay, explain to me how a comet during the ice age is still flying by. Well, because it's from the outer solar system. Okay. And this is just the first time since is the it on an... last time it was here that its orbit brought it close. So, so its, it's orbit on, it's is in an such orbit. a big one. It's huge. It's technically orbiting the sun because it's part of the solar system. How many things are orbiting the sun? That's a good question. A lot right like we think oh just the nine planets no there's like, so many objects so if you're interested in seeing this comet go outside i guess <laughs> or go on youtube if you're interested in seeing this comet it made its closest approach to the sun on january the 12th it's going to be visible for stargazers in the northern hemisphere and if you're listening to us and you're in the southern hemisphere you should be able to see it starting in february so it'll be a little time but like you'll be able to see it so look up in the sky it's bright green it's green you can't miss it it's green look in the northern part of the sky below the big dipper in the early hours of the morning okay and so you'll see it 4 a.m our little green man wow super fun what is he called Her it's a name? bunch of numbers and letters got it it's not like sadie's comment we're gonna call him harry harry or marvin or marvin because he's green like marvin like the martian marvin the martian except he was black was he yeah i don't know what you're referencing marvin the martian from mm -hmm. looney tunes oh i do remember him now i will now shoot you with my space modulator yes and he wore you know, um like, like a, a trojan hat yeah okay deep cut i mean really deep cut from looney tunes he was like a black hole oh gee good times i didn't realize he was a martian mm -hmm. but that makes sense his name is marvin the martian i needed like a formal introduction to all the looney tunes i feel like that's what i grew up on i watched it but i like didn't know their names mm. well not all of them anyway anyway all that to be said are we gonna do our new segment today yeah so okay. we are happy to introduce and you know what and then like it's been in the works it, it totally. could not have been more perfect that we got this hate mail this past week because now it's like you know what this is for you yeah we have a brand new segment called Big, Big If True. So in this new segment, we're going to be collecting and analyzing briefly any kind of science story that just makes us go, what the actual fuck? So if you have science stories that make you go, what the fuck? where you're like is this real is this made up for clickbait i don't know i want to hear people talk about it send it to us and we will keep them in a mailbag and we'll pull them out and talk about them as we need them yes 
definitely will do some bonus episodes with uh, your guys' big if true mail. But this week, I've got two big if true. Okay. But I think maybe one of them is the same one you have. So I'm bringing you a big if true, Brett. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. I mean, ever since I started doing this podcast, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Algorithm who, just fully has adapted. Whoever the fuck is tracking my data and collecting my cookies. Your personal CIA agent. They, Sorry, officer. <laughs> I was thinking about that today, actually. I was like, CIA agent? Officer. It's officer. FBI agent. Mm, that makes more sense because otherwise it'd be Central Intelligence Agency agent. Right. ATM machine. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Machine. So they've figured out what I'm working on, at least. Yeah. And... Maybe they listen. Yeah. And they've been... And I just keep getting sent these headlines on Facebook that are like extraterrestrial sighting in... Alberta hmm. from realscience.livealien.bigfoot slash XYZ dot croc. And I'm just like, okay, right. I'm not going to click on that one. That's clearly not true. I do have some level of discernment, dear hater. Yeah. But this one, sometimes I click on them and I'm like, well, okay, let's check this out. Like this URL doesn't sound crazy. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of websites out there. So this one was on livescience.com. Okay. And it was published four days ago. And the headline is, why hasn't E.T. phoned Earth? Maybe aliens are waiting for the exact right moment. Okay, well, what is the exact right moment? Yeah. A new search for alien signals focuses on planetary transits. When, define an exoplanet. Exoplanets are planets outside of our solar system. That's what I thought. Okay. Basically, researchers think that perhaps... Aliens are waiting for their own cosmic version of like high noon Whoa! in order to send out their signals to us when their sun is in alignment with like, which is very in line with this week's chapter. That could not be more this week's chapter. I know. And I was like, I couldn't believe that this article came up while I was reading for this chapter. Were you shonked? I was shonked. And so I was like, I have to click on this. So basically in the study, researchers were hunting for signs of extraterrestrial life during moments when planets were passing directly in front of their own suns okay. uh, from the Earth's point of view. They think that that could be the perfect moment for an alien world to beam out a signal. Because, uh, you know, it's like we're monitoring right. so many frequencies at so many different times. Researchers are really trying to figure out, like, well, when would be the optimal time yeah. for an alien to send signals to Earth. And so they think it's like when their sun and their planet is al- in alignment with our planet. So like where when they're on the Earth side relatively, their star behind them and Earth relatively in front of them. Isn't that crazy? Like how, That's wild. I mean, you're saying like this comet hasn't been around for... Since the last ice age. Which was... The last ice age began about 100,000 years ago and ended about 25,000 years ago. Okay, got it. So it's just funny to think that there could be an alien on their planet right now and their news says essentially like Earth. But they don't call it Earth because they don't know it is. But like we are just a tiny little like star. Mm -hmm. So tiny. But like, like a wet rock. we're coming into like their view for the first time since their last ice age. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? So these planetary transits are special because they can be calculated both by, you know, Earthlings as observers, but also by any potential technological species in an exoplanetary system. Okay. So anyways, the study is scheduled for peer review by the Astronomical Journal, okay. which we know peer review is very important, thanks to our dear friend, 
and Bruce fringe scientist yeah. Bruce Rout. The study searched a dozen far off planets, but, and you know, they didn't come up with anything, but they planned to look further with a variety of telescopes. Yada, yada, yada. Big if true. Big if true. Right? Whoa. So that's my big if true. Brett, what's your big if true? Well, my big if true, I would make the argument the reason that extraterrestrial civilizations are not contacting humanity uh-huh. is because. Oh my God. Allegedly. Russia just shot down a UFO. Oh, shit. So they may be trying to contact us. Oh, but we're But they're being taken out of the sky. Interesting. I think I did see a headline about this in Newsweek. Yes. This past week, um, in the Rostov Oblast near the Ukrainian border, Russian air defenses allegedly shot down a UFO that was taking the form of a sphere. And it's like... I don't know of any governments that have aircraft that are spherical. Do you? I mean, obviously, there's so much within the government that... We don't know. ...citizens are never aware of, but... Right, like, the only... I, I... Yeah. I mean, I could imagine people being like, it's probably a drone. But a sphere? But a spherical drone? Why a sphere? There were videos posted on Telegram channels showing the moment that it happened of this small object flying through the air and then exploding (gasps) reportedly at the moment of contact of, you know, whatever artillery was being utilized against it. I need to see the video. Can I see it? I wonder if we can, because I'm not on Russian Telegram. No, I, I, nor am I. Not anymore, at least. Just kidding. I was never on it in case you thought I was being serious. (laughs) But to make, you know, an already strange matter a little stranger, like, you know, I feel like especially because on social media for the past several months, UFO, UAP, alien, ET, things like this have been trending because, I mean, it's in the collective consciousness. People are talking about it. I think the thing that made it a little more like, "Mm, I don't know about this, is the fact that the news was first shared by the Rostov Oblast governor, Vasily Golubev, on his Telegram channel, who said that it was spotted above the village of Sultan Sala, saying, and I'm quoting the governor here, I urge everyone to remain calm. To ensure security, all forces and means are involved. The sky is covered with anti-aircraft defenses. While he didn't explain definitively what the ufo being shot out of the sky is because i mean you would imagine at least pieces of it would be recovered after it finally fell to the ground right he did describe that it was shaped like a ball so allegedly russia has shot down a ufo reading the newsweek article Mm -hmm. apparently a witness told the news channel or whatever that was interviewing witnesses that there was a very strong explosion and then everything in the house shook and i don't know i don't know if that would happen just from like any sort of takedown of some like it's like did it release a shock wave right when it was hit what did they what was it being powered by i have so many questions i'd love to see the video if you have access to the video please tweet it to us please we know we have listeners in russia now because i want to believe same and that's how you know we're biased sources (laughs) but i think that's what makes us honestly like it kind of undoes some of our bias is like knowing we're biased like i want to believe i do want to believe but i'm not afraid to stand corrected and that's big if true thanks for uh tuning in and uh send your big if trues yeah please do and without any further ado i mean should we dive into this week's chapter i mean it's gonna be a lot remember last week wang is at this meeting of the elite most players of the three body problem game he's surrounded by adventists right he's, he's just learned that commander of the earth tri-solaris organization is none other than his friend old 
buddy, old pal, Ye Wenji. And after seeing Panhan literally have his neck snapped, RIP Panhan, he's about to get the full story of what actually happened at Red Coast Base from Ye Wenji herself. Unredacted, unfiltered, because I guess now she's like, okay, you're ready. Bigger, longer, uncut. Uncut jams. Uncut jams. Start. Two. You are listening to Radar Peak, a three-body podcast reviewing our way through the three-body problem and discussing its real-life parallels. I'm Allie. I'm Brett, and this week, Ye Wenji tells the unredacted truth about Red Coast Base, about the time she sent a message out into the cosmos and just what happened when she got a message back. And oh yeah, the reply? It's a warning. Energy unit reporting. All systems go. Cutting unit reporting. All systems go. Amplifier unit reporting. All systems go. Interference monitor unit reporting. With an acceptable range. Begin transmission. Okay, Red Coast 5. So do you remember when we were really in the throes of what was going down at Red Coast Base? Ye was working there. She was making progress. She was like climbing the ranks through all the jobs, getting reassigned. And she was like really the only person who was like trying to do a good job. Like everybody else around her was either like just doing the bare minimum so they can get transferred out or they were sort of at least just like appearing to be doing work because given whatever alternative, they were just like, I'm not going to try to be yeah. here. But she's like actually trying really hard to hold up her end of the bargain. Right. So she keeps at it. She got so deeply embedded in the technical core unit of the Red Coast project that she soon started working on more and more important research. But also, don't forget, she's working at the base, but she's still very, very much on political thin ice. Right. Because, like, nobody trusts her. At least now she doesn't have the bodyguard with the gun on his side, but, like, still people are like, mm mm-hmm. Don't talk to her. She's still a persona non grata. Very much so. So even though she's heading up these new research projects, she's allowed to be in charge of them, but she's not allowed to access the data on the back end. Got it. Only the gathering of the data. Commissar Lay, however, do you remember him? Yes. He's the guy. He's kind of a hard ass. Kind of a hard but ass. Then kind of less of a hard ass. He's the guy that sort of like was the only person that really connected with her early on. He was sort of like reading her into the programs and other people were like, why are you telling her these things? And he's like, she needs to know what we're doing here right that's right. commissar lay because yang kind of cooled off yeah commissar lay since he's in the military but also he's an astrophysicist so he's very smart all of the data that ye wenji is collecting but can't access he can access it he does and he takes credit for it like he's the brainchild of it interesting and something that i thought about i mean just the fact that commissar lay just the fact that he does but then also just the fact that he's able to take credit for the findings that ye wenji is making it reminded me a lot like that happens a lot through history and we actually talked about it back in episode 108 or something mm-hmm. ye wenji when he goes and visits ye wenji and just how like that happens a lot throughout history where like people wind up taking credit for other people's research sometimes fully and wrongfully right 
like Chin Sheng Wu, yes. who was that Chinese American physicist who was like fundamental to the Manhattan Project and the 1957 Nobel Prize. Yes, just uh, fully edged out of the recognition. Yes, for Song Dao Li and Chen Ning Yang's discovery about like beta decay, essentially. But it was like literally all her. Yeah. Anyway, back to the base. Classic. Remember when Ye was first in her helicopter ride on the way to the base, and Commissar Lei is like, "Yeah, we've read a paper that you've written, and it's really interesting to us." Now we find out why that paper is important. Ooh. Ye's paper was about forming a mathematical model for how the sun operates. And it's important to the base staff because they're facing some unique, we'll say, problems that the sun is causing for them. Hmm. And basically, you can read the chapter if you care about, like, the scientific ins and outs of everything because there is a lot of minutiae. And I'll say, Sishin Liu. If in any universe you're hearing this episode, my nerd brain thanks you. There's so much to just like... How it all works. See in... Yeah, there's just... There's so much to it that's great. But if you care about that, you can go back and read the chapter on your own. But just know that Ye Wenji writes this paper seeking to build a mathematical model to understand how the sun works. And on the base, the sun is causing interference patterns in their satellite operations. Mm. Basically making it so that the observational data that they get back is really hard hard to decipher because the interference that's included makes it sort of like you don't know what's the data you were looking for and what's just also coming through because the sun's being a loud baby so interesting that like basically the sun is projecting waves well i mean have you seen solar storms no but i hear about them and i'm just like well that's abstract what the hell is that it's it's emissions of their eruptions on on the surface but it's emissions of extremely high energetic jet streams basically of solar material which when they land on earth they cause the aurora borealis and the northern lights no because solar wind interacting with our atmosphere is what causes those really strange that's what ethereal otherworldly patterns to light up in the sky that glow in the northern hemispheres and also the southern hemispheres. Oh, I didn't know that that's what the aurora borealis is. Yeah. So we do know what it is. It's not a mystery. No. Sick. Yeah. So at the base, they hire Ye and they're like, okay, let's see if we can use your research on trying to figure out what the fuck the sun is doing to see if we can't find a solution to the problems that we're facing in making observations and just getting tons of effectively what we'll call static mixed up in there. Got it. And so while she's working on a solution, Ye realizes that the only real data that the base can use is data that they obtain when the sun's activity is normal. No sunspots, no solar flares, just like calm sun. And the sun goes through periods where it'll be very, very active, and then it'll sort of calm down and go into a period of, like, semi-dormancy by -hmm. comparison. Mm -hmm. But then it always wakes up again. And sort of the fear is that, like, if any of these highly energetic eruptions happening on the sun happen when they're pointed at the Earth, in theory, a solar storm could be strong enough to completely knock out the entire electrical grid of the planet. When was the biggest solar storm? Well... It was about 150 years ago. Okay. It was in 1859. Okay. And it's called the Carrington Event, and it's the biggest solar flare that's ever been recorded on planet Earth. Oh, my God. Basically, it's just a magnificently huge geomagnetic storm caused by the sun. If that happened today... 
it would interfere goodbye with. electrical grid goodbye gps wow maybe goodbye electrical devices in your home god our phones. civilization is so fragile you know i mean it's like wild so yay figures out the sun needs to be calm for us to make any meaningful observations and more or less the way that she decides to do that is she's like okay we're gonna observe the sun when it's calm and then we're gonna look at these couple of specific wavelengths that are the least volatile out of all the sort of like wavelengths of energy that the sun generates because don't forget it's a fusion reactor at the center of our system here in the milky way Mm -hmm. and then once we get that data back we're going to digitally filter out any of the solar interference but after six months of doing this Ye begins to suspect that there might be no hope of finding a workaround Mm. because no matter how hard she tries she doesn't arrive at an answer that she's satisfied with got it and then something catches her eye during a period where solar radiation is fluctuating the surface of the sun is calm and if you've ever seen photos from solar observatories of a solar storm the surface of the sun does not appear calm right it looks like explosions on there's the surface, big bands right? coming out of like it it does not look calm so he's like wonder why that's happening huh. and the radiation fluctuations aren't because the star is ejecting material and sending flares towards earth so she's like okay there's no apparent reason for this that's fucking weird what's causing the radiation levels to be spiking when the sun's calm but eventually Ye hangs it up she was like I'm not doing this anymore I can't find an answer that I'm happy with we have no reliable way of gathering the data that we're trying to so she writes one final report saying that the problem of solar radiation interference is unsolvable and that she would be suspending her operations interesting so what does Ye do with this final report you may ask what she sits on it okay she doesn't turn it in Hmm. because she's like okay well if I give my conclusions to the administrators here on the base maybe they'll think definitively like we can't figure out how to solve the radiation interference problem and then that could lead to me losing access to all of the research material in the library that I've been using and I don't want that so instead Ye just sort of like barely keeps working on this problem and in reality while it appears she's working on like the sun issue that the base wants her to be working on she's actually refining her own theory that she originally put forward in the paper that got her hired at the base in the first place which was trying to find a mathematical model for understanding how and when the sun does what the sun does got it one night Ye is sitting alone in the base's library just sort of like taking a break from pretending to work and she picks up the most recent issue of the journal of astrophysics so she's sort of like just decompressing no friends she's here by herself reading this magazine flipping through and one particular article piques her interest she starts reading the piece and the main takeaways are these there's more to it if you want to read it you you can go read it but the main takeaways are these on june the 12th and then again on july the 2nd at mount wilson observatory which isn't that far from us actually really it's here just right up the hill no way. above pasadena no way on these two days something funny was going on with jupiter strong electromagnetic activity was detected and for the time periods when it happened on these two days jupiter's great red spot was observed to be changing what So like the sun's acting squirrely, Jupiter's acting squirrely, and the theories for what was happening on Jupiter range from everything to like, maybe Jupiter has liquid tectonic plates, and maybe the great red spot is actually starting fusion reactions on the inside. Like it was just theories being put forward, waiting for peer review, basically. But what jumps out at Ye the most from this story are the two dates, June the 12th and July the 2nd, because on these days, Red Coast Base was monitoring normally, like it would be, 
and they registered the same levels of electromagnetic activity. So she's like, okay, that's interesting. Um, can't be a coincidence. So she double checks the data. But the weird thing is that Red Coast Base's data shows the electromagnetic activity happened 16 minutes and 42 seconds after the observations published in the Journal of Astrophysics. Okay. So you might be asking yourself, where did those 16 minutes and 42 seconds go? So Ye has the librarian pull any extra data from these days that she can find. And she starts basically like spreading everything out on the table. And with a pencil, she starts drawing out basically what it looked like in the solar system. The Earth is here. The Sun is here. Jupiter is here. And she like pulls out a protractor and she's triangulating everything and she's like the embodiment of that math gif that goes around. Just numbers and formulas swirling around her head trying to figure out, okay, where are these 16 minutes and 42 seconds? Finally, Ye is able to confirm a key theory that she put forward in her original paper that got her hired at the base. On these two dates in June and July, Jupiter emits tons of radioactivity. Okay. Earth picks it up, uh-huh. records the signal, Right. But then the signals also keep moving through space. Okay. They hit the sun, they get amplified, they bounce off the sun, and 16 minutes and 42 seconds later, arrive at Red Coast Base. Stronger than when they arrived at the Mount Wilson Observatory. Interesting. The sun is able to act as an energy mirror for radio waves. Wow. So in this moment, Ye Wenji is having galaxy brain. Crazy theory wow to see Shin Lu also for being like hey how about this yeah but as soon as she thinks this she's like okay this doesn't even fully make sense why do only some radio signals get amplified because earth is broadcasting radio signals around the clock so why do why we never observed this before basically right but the answer is simple all of earth's man-made radio signals aren't strong enough to penetrate the sun to the point where they would get amplified but since Jupiter's was a storm the size of a planet that sent out electromagnetic radio waves, those were strong enough. And then it dawns on Ye. Oh yeah, Red Coast Base has radio transmission equipment that could reach deeply enough into the sun so that they can be amplified. And then she realizes, oh my god, we can send our signals and our transmissions to the sun and use the sun as a radio antenna for our broadcasts. So at this point, Ye is sitting in the library with the realization that our signals can now be sent across the cosmos with the total power of the sun, something hundreds of millions of times stronger than any other normal Earth radio wave broadcast. Ding, ding, ding! Kardashev scale! And out of seemingly nowhere, Earth has advanced and has become a type 2 Kardashev civilization. Just by being able to harness the full power of the sun. Because it's not, I mean, I think I was, when I was saying... I think I was talking to my mom about the Kardashev scale and how, you know, we haven't harnessed the power of the sun. And she was like, well, yeah. sure we have. We use solar power. Mm, no. And it's like, no, no, no. Think outside the box. The total power of the sun. Not just the solar. Or just not not just the We UV. haven't even mastered the power of our own planet. Right. Yeah. Facts. Okay. You know. But, okay, so now. She's like, okay, wait. We can just send our radio broadcast to the sun. The sun can turn up the volume and send it much further than we could have ever hoped to send anything on our own. So then she goes into planning mode and she's like, this is not going to be easy. There's numerous levels of red tape to get through. There's also a very real risk that people might start to suspect that she's a spy working for somebody not 
China. And so Ye's basically at the base walking on eggshells, not telling the real reason to leadership about why she wants to send these radio signals to the sun. And instead, she kind of just like gives an answer that's like just informative enough, but also just vague enough that it gets her the green light. Nice. She's like, it's going to help us understand the sun better. They're like, great, green light, great. stamped. You wrote the paper Get on it. Get to work. But then Ye gets pushed back from Commissar Lei. By this point, Chief Yang is already on her side. He's like, I fully, I'm sold. I think we should do this. But Commissar Lei is like, yeah, you can't do this. You must think about what this means. He's like, I mean, even though we can do this, we shouldn't. Because to a lot of people, this is going to be like a direct symbolization of Mao's red sun. And by this point in China's history, a lot of the political turmoil that we saw during the years of the Cultural Revolution was finally starting to die down. And so hearing this, like, it makes a lot of sense because it really would read as a really bold statement from scientists. To point a radio wave at the sun. To shoot something at the sun. Right. Even though the political climate has cooled down. Yeah. Because also at this point, it's kind of pretty commonplace to sort of like find political commentary even where there was none. Right. Because at this point, it was also sort of commonplace for anybody and everybody to find political commentary even when there was none. Right. Commissar Lei is like, this makes me nervous. We really shouldn't do this because people are literally looking for reasons to be politically upset by something. Mm. This is going to come across as like us basically like dousing something in gasoline and lighting the fire ourselves. Like this is not going to play well. And hearing his comment about the red sun and how it might not be the best idea, Ye and Yang are kind of embarrassed that they didn't think of this themselves because in this historical moment in China, if you looked hard enough anywhere, you could find probably anything to be considered politically inflammatory. Right, right. But of course, since when does Ye ever take no for an answer? Because our hellbent queen, she is going to do what she wants to do and she doesn't give up. So she hears this and she's like, okay, I hear what you're saying. It's probably not the best idea, but okay, I'm still going to do it. I just have to be sneaky and you can't know that I'm doing it. Since the transmission equipment only has 15 runs in it before it has to be dismantled and repaired and put back together to do its thing again, Ye knows that the first transmission after it gets reassembled is always a test to look at the components and make sure everything's working properly. And she knows that nobody ever comes to the test run of the radio antenna and the targets are arbitrary. So she's like, there's my moment. At the next test of the transmission equipment, basically nobody is in the transmission room and the few people who are there besides Ye either have no idea what's happening because they're people that are just there to install the parts and put the machine back together. Right. Or they're literally too tired from overhauling this thing to pay attention to the test. So Ye is like looking at all of this and she's like, this is my moment. So she strikes. She turns the power to its maximum level, manually points the radio dish at the setting sun over in the west and effectively hits send on this message. Boom. Her theory was about to be put to the test. And while all this is happening, you can imagine Ye's anxiety is through the roof. Yeah. She's like, I, I, hey, I don't want to be found out about doing this. Right. But also I've already, I've been told no. So this is like double technically open aggression against the state for doing something that I was told not to do. Yeah. She's like, what if I get caught? What would I even say if I get caught? What if they ask me why I'm using full power when that's not how we do tests? What if I break the equipment because this equipment's not even built to be pointed at the sun in the first place? Right. All this stuff. Just as the sun set, all the equipment operators started the shutdown procedure as they would normally. The transmission had finished and yay, just head to toe, soaked in anxiety sweat. Runs out of the control room and runs into Chief Yang's office and out of 
breath, she says. Tell the base. They have to begin monitoring. Ye-Wen-G has just burst into Yang's office, out of breath. As you said, she's like, tell the base station to start monitoring the 12,000 megahertz channel. Okay. And Yang is like, why? What are we receiving? Like, who knows what he was doing before she came in? Sure. Molly looking at porn. And <laughs> Yang, Yang stares at Ye for a few seconds and then picks up the telephone and orders the communications office to listen to Ye Wenji. Yang is like, what are you doing? I'm, that radio has such low sensitivity. We'd only be able to receive signals from extraterrestrials on the moon. Okay. And Ye is like, the signal is coming from the sun. And outside, the edges of the sun are about to reach the mountain. Like it is setting mm-hmm. quick. Yang gets very serious now and he's like, You used Red Coast to send a signal to the sun. Oh no. And Ye's like, Yeah. And he's like, You must never let this happen again. Do not tell anyone. Are you kidding me? He's like, Why would you do that? She's like, If my guess is correct, we should get an extremely strong echo through the sun, it will be more powerful than anything we can imagine. As long as transmission power exceeds a certain threshold, the sun can amplify it 100 million fold. Mm-hmm. Yang doesn't know what to say at this moment. He can hear Ye's breath and her heartbeat just like so clearly. And you know, like, I, you know when yeah. you can hear like someone else's heartbeat yeah. and breath. Like, I totally know that feeling. Anyway, suddenly he actually kind of feels like his own long buried feelings for her begin to resurface. Like, mm. it's almost like as she has come alive so has his like affection for her which you know we kind of sensed when he first saved her from that like cold cell where she was almost dying and he brought her on that helicopter 20 minutes later yang calls into the communications phone and they tell him we haven't received anything yay let's out a long breath Yang takes out a thick envelope that's covered in stamps and says, this is from that American astronomer who was watching Jupiter and was like, what the hell? She opens up this letter and it's from Harry Peterson, okay, the scientist. And Harry writes this letter to Ye being like, you know, what are the chances? Right. He's so surprised that I have colleagues in China studying planetary electromagnetics. He's like, I'd love to exchange more info in the future. And he also sends the complete waveforms of the radio outbursts from Jupiter that were photocopied from a long signal recording tape. Okay. So imagine like a wavelength that is like 20 sheets of paper long and four sheets of paper high. I mean, planet-sized. And Ye throws these photocopies down onto the floor and she starts lining them up, you know? And halfway through, she gives up hope. She can tell that the waveform is not a match to the interference from the two solar outages. Mm. And she just sort of like freezes and she just looks defeated. And Yang crouches down to help her kind of put the papers back in the stack. And as he hands her a paper, she smiles at him. And it's a smile that's so sad. His heart shakes. What's wrong, he says, in a voice softer than he's ever spoken to Ye Wenji before. And she's like, I'm just waking up from a dream. Just so sad. That's so sad. She takes the photocopies and the envelope and leaves the office and goes back to her room. She grabs her lunchbox 
She heads down to the cafeteria, and the cafeteria is closing. There's hardly any food left. All that's there are some plain steamed buns and some pickles. Got it. And she has to leave because the cafeteria is closing. So she takes some of these plain buns and some pickles, and she goes out, and she sits on the edge of a cliff at Radar Peak and watches the sunset. And the sun, basically, I mean, only like a little sliver of the sun is left, and it's just about dark. Or not dark, but dusk. And the sky is gray, and Ye Wenji feels like her life is gray. Hmm. So in her gray life, mm-hmm. Ye Wenji feels like the dream of the sun being this amplification mirror was this colorful, bright light that almost brought joy and hope back yeah. into her life. But she always wakes up from the dream. And just like the sun, she would rise again, but with no hope. Mm. And Ye sees her whole life as this just endless gray expanse. And with tears in her eyes, she smiles again and chews her cold mantu buns mm. and pickles. And what Ye does not know at this moment okay. is that the first cry that could be heard in space from a civilization on Earth was already spreading from the sun to the universe at the speed of light. And that, in fact, she did amplify it worked. a signal. And while it did not ricochet back to Earth, it spread into the universe. A star-powered radio wave had already crossed the orbit of Jupiter in just a few minutes. Right then, the sun was the brightest star in the entire Milky Way. Oh my god. And you know, there's a hundred to 400 billion stars in the Milky Way. And at least as many planets. Holy shit. Okay, whoa. But because the sun is sending out this signal, this radio signal that's amplified a hundred million times. Yes, it's the brightest star in the whole Milky Way. Okay, whoa. And And she has no idea. And she has no idea. She's sitting there and she's just crying. And that's actually how Red Coast 5 ends. But we are going to give you a little bit of Red Coast 6 today. Yes. So Red Coast 6 opens and it says the next eight years oh god are peaceful okay <laughs> for yay wenji you know she's still at red coast that's nice she sent out that signal she lives her life and she's living at red coast base just like doing what she does with you know no changes no eight exciting news years. just for eight years wow red coast project completes its like sort of testing phase mm-hmm. and it's breaking in and it settles into a routine you know there were tech problems here and there but life was pretty regular and in this like peaceful routine that yay has fallen into actually traumatic memories begin to resurface mm-hmm. and though lots of people suffered similar if not worse fates as a result of the Cultural Revolution. Yeah. Ye had this mental habit of a scientist where she looked at the madness years and all that had harmed her and taken away her father and all of that. And she looks at it through a very logical eye, hmm. not an emotional eye. The book says that it began the day she read Silent Spring. And the more she grew closer to Yang, he was able to get her a lot more foreign language books, not just on science, but also on philosophy hmm. and history and all of this under the guise of like research materials. Sure, you know, yeah. but as a result, she's able to like gather a lot of information about the history of mankind and mm-hmm. like theories on like mankind in 
various Eastern and Western philosophy. And she comes to understand, in her opinion, the fundamental aspects of human nature as a result of reading all these books and bearing witness to what she witnessed mm-hmm. and processing, like, you know, her trauma, but not really, you know, yeah. <laughs> not emotionally, but logically. And she decides that, you know, even here at the top of Radar Peak, where I'm totally isolated from the world, the insanity of mankind is on full display. Mm. She can see the forests below that are just still being completely destroyed. Patches of bare earth are basically taking over all of the greater Kingon Mountains, and it it appears like they've had their entire skins just torn off, Mm. right? Like swaths of where forests used to be are just barren. And she says, like, even the few surviving trees now appear abnormal. Like, what are those trees doing here? It's really sad. You know what I learned recently? What? Maybe I'm wrong, but I heard this. The reason Ireland has no trees, Mm -hmm. like, if you ever see, you know, aerial shots of Ireland, it's just, like, flat green, right? Is that Britain used all of their trees to, like, build its navy. What? Big if true. Big if true, you guys. And it's, like, kind of, like... Whoa, that's crazy. What? I'm, like, I get it. I get the resentment of the Irish. (laughs) They don't? St. Patrick got rid of them. No. Yes. What? I mean, big if true, but, yeah, that's... That's a, th- a thing. That Ireland has no snakes. St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. Interesting. I wonder if the snakes are a metaphor for British people. <laughs> no, but I just always think about also, like, did you ever think about how, like, the luck of the Irish is ironic? Do all Irish people know that the luck of the Irish is ironic? Like, that the Irish don't have luck? <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, they weren't, they're not a particularly, historically, like, they're not a lucky country. Right. So maybe the luck of the Irish is, like, actually this... Maybe it's more aspirational. Yeah, maybe it's, like, a comedic, like, way of coping. Mm-hmm. Started in a pub somewhere. Yeah. I'm really talking out of my ass here. I need to do... I'd like to do a deep dive on Ireland. You're going to get more hate mail. (laughs) Yeah. Back to the story. At the top of Radar Peak, you can see not only have they deforested all of the mountains, they've also slashed and burned what was left. God. And fires were just lit on bare fields. And Radar Peak became this, like, refuge for all of these birds escaping Mm. the inferno. And Ye Wenji says she could still hear the sad sorrowful cries of birds with singed feathers. Mm. At this point, to Ye Wenji, the insanity of mankind was at its zenith. Yeah. The Cold War was happening. Nuclear missiles all over the world just waiting to destroy the Earth ten times over. Submarines with warheads under, you know, underwater, capable of killing hundreds of millions of people. And everyone just going on living like nothing is wrong. And as an astrophysicist, Ye Wenji believed that nuclear power belonged to the stars. Yeah. And that the universe had far more terrible forces than anything mankind could come up with anyway. So, like, why even bother building such things? Right. Because they will never outpower black holes and antimatter compared to, like, these super forces in, in outer space. A thermonuclear bomb was like a small candle. Yeah. And she's like, if humans had mastery over even one of the great forces of the universe, the world might be vaporized 
vaporized actually in the blink of an eye you know like if we had it's like we have nuclear bomb power and like yes we can destroy our our planet in in a very short amount of time relative mm-hmm. to the history of earth but like god forbid we had the power of like black hole can you imagine we could destroy the earth in literally a blink of an eye yeah and yeah just feels like in the face of all this madness rationality has no power yeah like what does being logical even mean i mean and it comes back to that like crisis you know of like yang dong too when she was like what does it even matter yeah anyway four years after joining the red coast base yay and yang get married Mm-hmm. And Yang really loves her. And for his love of her, he actually like totally gives up on his future, his political future. You know, though the political climate has cooled off a lot since the Cultural Revolution, he still married a woman that was like deemed to be a counter-revolutionary and was viewed as politically immature. And he mm-hmm. loses his position as chief engineer. But he's still so happy because he's so in love with her and he gets to help her work, you know. And Yay, I mean, she loves Yang, but... Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I I love you. I love you. Yeah. I'm grateful for you. <laughs> I just appreciate you so much. Thank you. I love us. <laughs> this. This. <laughs> and yay is that's basically her vibe. She's Got like it. grateful. You know, he saved her, but the truth is, like, her heart is a cold, unfertile place Mm. for love. And she feels safe and peaceful, but she still ponders human nature and just feels like she's sinking into, like, a spiritual crisis. Hard relate, am I right? (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes when I think about things... Oh, you know that meme, actually? Um... Waking up every morning, thinking there's so many things. Like Gia Gia. things just get better. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Melania. I think it's Gia. Yewen Ji had thought that if she gave all of her talent, all of her focus, all of her energy to a worthy goal, the future might be brighter. But now, after seeing everything, mm-hmm. she feels like everything she's done is meaningless, and the future actually has no potential. And there are no meaningful pursuits, because humankind is actually damned. And this mental state just, like, weighs on her. I kind of feel like that when people tell me I should use paper straws. Really? I'm like, what is that gonna... Come on, How save is... the will. No, I'm not saying i don't use paper straws i'm just saying that's how i feel when people make it seem like global warming is save. up to whether or not my coffee has this paper straw in it or not totally yeah and like recycling it's like we're focusing on the wrong things you know what made me really sad that i also heard today mm. apparently la doesn't collect rainwater no they're like starting to build the infrastructure oh to, they are. yeah like but, they need to all they, they talk yet. about drought, drought 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 we're gonna be in a fucking terrible drought in 15 years and now we're gonna 12 feet of rain biblical amounts of biblical amount of rain and it's just we're letting it just fall and wash away into the ocean and i'm just like don't fucking come at me about how california is in a drought and we need to save water when you're not even saving water Mm -hmm. anyway i was just like the hypocrisy yeah the i don't know such a waste such a waste do you want me to help you down from the soapbox (laughs) yeah 
Yes, please. Thank you. There you go. Oh, man. That was a big that was a big step. Okay. I love getting on that soapbox, though. The view's nice from up there. It's really nice. I'm actually, I've been up there so many times that the imprint of my foot mm-hmm. is beginning to, yep. it's like an ug. Me too. You know, you too. It, there's big, it's big enough for two. Yeah. And that's what's great about our soapbox. Uh, not big enough for three. No, three's a crowd. Three body problem. <laughs> that's it's too so chaotic. <laughs> chaotic so yay when g just feels totally weighed down by you know the nihilism she's having an existential crisis for sure yeah and she's depressed and then one night yay is working late the late shift yeah per usual. and it's the loneliest time very quiet deep silence of midnight and the universe kind of just reveals itself to be this vast fucking desert Mm -hmm. right because it's like so quiet cold and indifferent you're listening for anything and you're just getting a whole lot of nothing Mm -hmm. so much nothing and you're just like wow maybe we really are alone right and she just hates seeing the waveform crawl across the screen with just like silence but on this day she sees something off on the waveform display okay the thin curve rises and falls Okay. And Ye is certain. I mean, she's seen this waveform so many times. She's like, mm-mm, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. That radio signal has been modulated by something because that is not just like your average fluctuation. Okay. She rushes to another terminal to check the signal's recognizability. And it's grading that signal as being A-A-A-A-A, five A's. Before this moment, no radio signal ever by Red Coast has ever ever garnered a recognizability rating higher than a C. Okay. So, like, an A rating means that the likelihood that the transmission contained intelligent information was more than 90%. That's an A rating. So it's it a is certainty. It is a 5A rating. God, okay. An A-A-A-A-A rating uh-huh. was special. Not only did it mean, you know, it was recognizable, but it meant that this transmission was using the exact same coding language that Red Coast had had used in their outbound transmission. Remember when they sent out that fucking transition? Eight that years was ago? Like, yes, with that whole fucking high, like, we are earthlings, and like, if you're receiving this message, what? and like, here's the, co- the way to decode this message, and like, here's some stuff about our society. So this recognizability is so high that it means the transmission they're receiving is using the same exact coding that they used when they sent out that transmission eight years ago. I am bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. Ye immediately turns on the deciphering system, which they use to decipher any signal higher than a B rating. Okay. And it had never once been invoked in real use the whole time she's been at Red Coast. When they tried it on test data, the transmission suspected of being a message might require like a few days for computing time. Okay. But this time, as soon as the file containing the transmission was submitted to the deciphering system, the display shows the deciphering is complete. It happens like that. Whoa. Ye opens up the resulting document and for the first time, a human reads a message from another world. Whoa. Okay. Okay. It's not what anyone imagined it would be. It's a warning and it's repeated three times and it says, do not answer. Do not answer. Do not answer. There's a second message. But you're going to have to tune in next next week.
always do this to me, Allie. I know you love it. You're an edgelord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I know. I hate. I, I actually hate to Whoa. leave you on a cliffhanger like do that. But not answer. You, you guys, we've given you a lot. Meanwhile, I'm typing. Why? <laughs> Breaking the purpose of the message in the first place. I know. Whoa. Too tempting. Do you guys think Yay Wen G is gonna answer? Because. She's definitely going to answer. Right? I mean, when, does, when have we ever seen Ye Wenji take no for an answer? And that's the end of the book, actually. And Could the you trilogy. Imagine? It's just like she doesn't answer and we never we never find out. And, and we've never... taken you on this journey and that was what it was for. And, we and hope mankind you've enjoyed. is protected from potential extraterrestrial intervention forevermore. <laughs> and that is Red Coast 5 and 6. Wow. Yeah, but not all of six. Because yeah. we'll finish Red Coast 6 next week. You're going to, I hope, tell me what Ye does with this message. If she replies, if she receives another one, if she tells anybody about the fact that she got it in the first place, or if she keeps it a secret because she is a little sneaky link. I don't know. We're going to finish out, and you will have all the answers that your heart desires, and then some. Okay, great. Things are really heating up, guys. I mean, there's not a lot left in this first book, so... There's going to be no pumping the brakes from here on forward. No, things are really coming to a head. Yeah. And I would just say in the meantime, I really hope all of you listening, if you have stories that you come across in the news that you're like, whoa, that would be so crazy if that's real. Send it to us because yeah. we would love to include it in our new segment, Big If True. And if you have no Big If True to send, you know what you can do. You can log on to patreon.com slash Radar Peak. We got something for everyone on there. We'd yep. love to have you um, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok. In the meantime. And until then. Thank you. Great job as always. You as well. Love you. I mean, us. I mean, this. This. been listening to radar peak a three-body podcast subscribe and download on apple podcasts or on spotify so you never miss an episode and for exclusive content we might not have time for subscribe to our patreon one last thing before you go if you enjoyed today's episode leave a review and tell your friends about us join in on the conversation when you follow us on twitter at radar peak pod see you there